This episode of Ask Scott and Jenny on the Juice Box Podcast is brought to you by Companion Medical, makers of the InPen. To learn more about InPen, go to companionmedical.com or click on the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Are you wondering why I want you to visit companionmedical.com? Well, that's simple. Because InPen is America's only FDA-cleared smart insulin pen and app system. When you get to companionmedical.com, you'll discover that InPen combines an innovative diabetes management app with a Bluetooth-enabled pen injector. This will simplify the constant tracking, monitoring, and calculating required for insulin therapy. With InPen, MDI users are able to live life less complicated. Welcome to Ask Scott and Jenny. These are the episodes where Jenny Smith from Integrated Diabetes Services. Now, Jenny, you may know, has had diabetes for decades. She's a uh, pump trainer. She's a CDE. She's, um, I think once she went to the moon. I don't remember exactly, but she's done a lot of different things, right? She's also a nutritionist. Um, listen, she's everything you want. Why are you arguing with me? I know you're not arguing with me. And anyway, Jenny and I, we answer questions from you guys. They're left on the Bold with Insulin Facebook page. I ask for them every once in a while. I do it real sleek. I go like this. Yo, does anybody have any questions for me and Jenny? And then people leave questions, and then we answer them. Anyway, today we're going to talk about growth spurts. The 670G from Medtronic, loop tips, and a little bit about control IQ. What do you think of that? Hmm? Okay, then. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Laura says, kids and growth spurts. Is it a gradual increase or an all-at-once change? Is it something that you notice they need more of all of a sudden? And she gives her example, toddlers four, almost five, still close to, some, uh, still close to the same ratios, ISF and basal from when he came out of honeymooning. I know he's going to hit a growth spurt soon. And I guess she's looking for, like, how do I know when it happens? And what do I do? And I think this falls under the auspice of those of the idea that I just want somebody to tell me how much or when, like, do you know what I mean? Like, give me a number or an idea. And I don't know that there's a specific answer. I have a general answer, but I wonder what you think about it and what you see. Yeah. And my answer is probably similar to your general answer. Honestly, there's not a, there's not going to be a specific, like you're always going to see 25% more insulin needed. Right. Um, I mean, it, it could be over several growth spurts that you notice, gosh, he always needs like an extra 0.1 added or an extra 25% or whatnot, but it's, it's not that cut and dry by any means. One specific time, though, that most parents with kids with diabetes and parents of teens with diabetes will notice the heaviest impact of growth. Um, with a surge for only, you know, a short amount of time is evening. 
mm-hmm. where their kids go to bed, they've had things really nicely contained, and all of a sudden they get these like spikes. Almost as soon as the kid is snoring, like their head hits the pillow, they're snoring, and up it goes. They've been at this beautiful 111, and up it goes. And they fight it and fight it and fight it. And it could be an all-night fight, depending on how strong the growth surge is. And in those instances, it's, okay, let's try, I usually encourage people to try first a temporary basal increase rather than shooting it with like a dose of three units of insulin and then chasing the drop down. A temp basal increase, you know, that might be significant. Maybe it's 50%, maybe it's 100% more for a time period. See where it levels off. When does it start coming down? You can always shut off a temp basal, right? Right. Um, So, And then if you learn from that, let's say two nights in a row, you start to see this surge on the second night when it gets going, you hit that temp basal again, similar to the night before, if it controlled well, if it wasn't quite enough and you still fought a high, pump it up even more. Um, But then once that growth spurt is sort of over, they may need not as much like as the temp basil you were giving to offset the rise, but their overnight needs may definitely go up. You know, they were at point two, their growth spurt needed a 50% increase overnight for that time period. And now instead of being at point two an hour, now they're at point three or point three five. And that might be where they sit for a time period until another growth spurt happens. Is that going to be because there's more body mass? like you've actually grown, there's more of you or, or potentially, or just the changes that, right. I I mean, in little kids, especially little kids, I sometimes, you know, with mine, especially my almost three-year-old, sometimes he wakes up in the morning and I'm like, you grew. (laughs) Looks like all at once it hit. Right. You just like, all of a sudden he just look, you look bigger. You look like your cheeks are slimmer or, you know, he just looks bigger. And I, you know, so sure it can, I mean, it wasn't technically overnight that he just shot up, but you those you can suddenly kind of see it. And p- people who are attuned to their kids, especially parents with little kids who you're following so many more things than just which truck they want to play with, you know, Uh, (laughs) staring at them constantly. And, you know, uh, I mean, with diabetes, you pay attention to so many things. So you could, like I said, you could see a a tremendous need in a spurt period, and then it levels off, but it doesn't come back down to where they were before the growth spurt. Right. I have to say, I think the idea of looking for physical clues is brilliant because uh, I know our son, his calves would get thicker. Like all of a sudden you'd look at him and his calves would be out of proportion with the rest of his body larger. And then sure enough, he would get taller. It was almost, Mm -hmm. it was almost like his body was like, okay, we're getting ready to do this. You know, like, and it would store things in certain places or something would get bigger sooner. It was just really, it, it never failed as he was growing. And I have to say too, door jam that you don't mind drawing on with a pencil is great as you have children. If you, people with younger kids, I'm sure you're doing this, but it gets really fun it is. a decade later when you're like, stand there for a second, you, you know, and uh, and you get to see how they move up. I would say the answer to this question to me is the core of the um, of the podcast, right? Oh, hold on a second. Arden needs to, a little help with her bolus for a second. That's okay. Um, what is six times? Uh, we, we don't use the door jam. We use a... Um, my mother-in-law, when our first was born, bought us this like measurement tree. Okay. And you put it on the wall and kind of pop it in. 
And same thing, same idea. You just push the hash marks onto the tree as the child grows. Uh, But the nice thing is that we've used one side of the tree for Oscar and the other side of the tree for Conan. So we can see where they both are. And it's kind of fun to now be able to see where was Oscar and is Conan meeting about the same or is he getting bigger faster or are they growing about the same? It's kind of fun. It it really is. I, I have to say my wife has told me without a doubt, if we ever sell this house, she's like, you have to pry that board off the wall and replace it for the new owner because I'm taking it with me. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, what I was going to say is that I think this is one of those questions that if you just caught me, if you texted me real quickly and asked me this question, I would say to you, this is why the podcast is terrific because you are running into an insulin need and it's saying to you, I need more insulin, give it more insulin. Mm -hmm. Try not to worry about why. Just, it does. And when's it going to start? When's it going to stop? I don't know. It does kind of suck. I'll tell you, like, you know, because after four or five nights of this and it goes away, on that sixth night when you're finally like, I trust this is going to happen. And you're jacking up basils and bolusing and everything. And then it turns out the growth spurt's over. And now you're waking up somebody at one in the morning going, hi, would you like a chicken sandwich and a banana? (laughs) Right. It sucks, but it works well for those six days. And in my opinion... It's better than being high for six days and just saying, oh, it'll come back again. Right. Um, you know, I just think that's how I would handle it. Correct. And and I think, you know, you bring in a good point in just the comment of when it comes back again, because it will. Mm-hmm. Little kids grow and grow and grow and grow. And even teens, you know, up to a certain point, girls grow for less time than teen boys do. I mean, teen boys can grow up and into even like 18 to 20 years, some boys. I mean, most often majority is done by like 18 years. Um, But most girls are pretty done growing up by about 16 years old. You know, they look so much older than the boys, even when they're 13, 14, like in that range too. Right. So, you know, know that, in the nature of all the testing and the things that we've talked about in the other podcasts and the figure out the basil and figure out the ratios and all that kind of stuff, it's it's not a number that's going to sit there until they're well into their adulthood when maybe a variable component of their lifestyle changes where they will need to make an adjustment. Kids needs change. Mm-hmm. That's the simplest way to say it. kids needs change. So don't think you're crazy if you go for a couple of weeks and you're like, I got this. It looks like it's working magically. And then like professionally, I get these emails that are like, I thought we had this all figured out. It was all working beautifully. And now the last three nights, this is happening again. I'm like, okay, well, we need to adjust, right? So Jenny answers those emails by, how do you think we stay in business? It's because well, it's going to keep, it's going to keep changing. Uh, but, yeah. but no, I, I genuinely think that's a, a great answer for that. Okay. Um, hmm. Richard says, any tips for being bold with insulin while using Medtronic 670G in auto mode? You basically can't adjust the basal other than temporarily turning on the target of 150 BG instead of 120, and it auto-calculates bolus based on carbs, BG, or a combination of both. It won't do a correction bolus unless you tell it your BG is above 150. It adds up to great time and range stats for me, range being 70 to 180, but I'm spending a lot of time at the upper end of that range, and I'd like to be closer to the 120. 
Um, I know Arden and Jenny are potters, but I think Jenny's colleague Gary uses 670G. Maybe, well, Richard... I don't know how comfortable I am with everyone knowing so much about our lives, uh, but it's, yeah. uh, but I'm going to have, I finally have some insight into this automated pumping thing. My brain is starting to almost get all the way around it, but Jenny's going to go first because I've never seen the 670G before. Yeah, so the 670G, um, I... I'm, such it's a long hard pause. to such a long pause. It's, it's a <laughs> it is a long pause because I have to, I have to be kind of you know, good in the way that I explain it because the six seventy G can be phenomenal for some people, mm-hmm. not the majority of people, but for some people it does work quite well. Who does it work quite well for? If you have a pretty structured life. If you have a pretty typical breakfast, lunch, dinner, you always go to the gym between 4 and 5 p.m., you know, it it can be a really good system for holding you a lot more stable. Um, it does do a really nice job for the most part, again, in those in that type of a life for the overnights, um, similar to the other, you know, systems that do something like this with the augmentation to the basal and how it goes up and down. Um, but I can say that the 670 for a good majority of people with the variability of today's lifestyle, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't meet need. And for one really specific group, um, women in pregnancy, it doesn't meet need because it doesn't target the right blood sugar, at least not right now. I'm not saying Medtronic isn't working on that. From what I understand, future iterations will have lower targets and different things to it. But the current 670, um, you know, it targets the 120. I would say for most people who are having success with it, they're typically getting an average blood sugar of about like 140-ish, not really 120, even though technically it's targeting that. Mm -hmm. And this question kind of alludes to that piece is that it's really not allowing any corrections unless you're above a higher number than you really want to be at anyway. Right. Right. And it's only correcting you down to 150. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's never really getting you to that, um, that technical target. The other component to the system is that it's, it's not using your current manually set basal profile Mm -hmm. to work off of with its increasing and decreasing of insulin dosing through the course of the day based on glucose change. It's I, we kind of call it the secret sauce of whatever Medtronic has figured out in their algorithm. Um, the system, a couple of days of manual mode use, gets an idea of your average of insulin need and kind of a, like a sensitivity mm-hmm. and, and your sensitivity to insulin. And what it does then is it, it essentially doses your insulin along the course of time in a day based on what it has seen your sensitivity look like. So really the only factor that in auto mode 670 is using is your insulin to carb ratio. If you've got it set at a 1 to 10, you're going to get dosed off of a 1 to 10 along with where your blood sugar is and that kind of stuff. But even your ISF or your sensitivity correction factor, that is not what auto mode is using. Okay. So 
you know, it's kind of a long. But it's a limit. It's a, I mean, I guess you call it a limitation of the system, right. it's a, but not a limitation. I guess it's how it was designed to work. It's Correct. working the way. It, and I see the the problem. If you're at that top end of that range, you're 175 and you're heading up and without intervention, you're going to get to 240, but it only intervenes enough to try to get you from 175 back to 150, then that's where it won't work. Correct. Don't forget what Companion Medical wants you to know. They want you to know about the InPen. The InPen is not just this beautiful Bluetooth-enabled insulin pen. It's also an app that works in Congress, in Symphony, in, think of another word that means like all together. Between your app, the pen, and your Dexcom continuous glucose monitor. The app's going to give you an at-a-glance look at your current status from last dose to active insulin to recent doses. It has a dosing calculator to help take the guesswork out of dosing. That's a huge help for MDI, right? You'll be able to enter your blood glucose and what you intend to eat, and the correct dose will be recommended to you by the InPen app. Now, come on. If you're MDI, you gotta admit, this seems, seems like a leap, right? There's dosing reminders and reports and temperature alerts, just a whole bunch of stuff, but you'll learn all about it when you get there, when you get to companionmedical.com. So for those of you looking to take a pump break, for those of you who are already doing injections and just wish you had a little more zhuzh, you know what I mean? InPen's the way to go. I want to thank them, of course, for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. And I will thank them by reminding you to go to companionmedical.com to find out more. Uh-oh, there's extra time left. In pen is terrific. Why are you not trying the in pen? Go get in pen today. Companionmedical.com. Or on the links. Huh, wait, hold on a second. Get even deeper. <clears throat> Check it out today at companionmedical.com. Many people will complain in auto mode about getting what what we call kicked out of auto mode and kicked back to manual. What and two scenarios, one in the example you give as blood sugar is rising and the system is microbolusing along the way. They don't call it temp increase, they just call it this micro like bolusing along the way. The system will only micro dose for a set amount of time. Yeah. Before it says, "Nope, can't help you anymore." And out of auto mode you get kicked back into manual mode. Okay. So on the opposite end of that, if you're like low mm -hmm. and it, it can only adjust so much in a low time period, so you could get kicked out of auto mode as well. Can you leave um, auto on purpose? You can. You can choose to turn auto mode off going back to manual mode, which is I've got a couple of people that I work with who've been using 675 for a number of years already and they've figured out the, the the tweaks and the tricks and the things which we actually have on our website mm -hmm. we've got a lot of little tips for you if you are using the 670 these are some of the little nuances and this is how to like do it better essentially um but some of the people i work with just when they see a higher blood sugar and they know that the system isn't gonna adjust it as well, they just go back to manual mode. They add a corrective um, and they take care of it. And then they go back to auto mode once the once you're brought back 
to where you kind of want to be. Yeah. So I see with what I see with loop is I now have figured out two things when it looks like it isn't going to stop a rise and how to get out of opening the loop. So as soon as I see that up that I go, okay, uh-huh. that's not working for some reason. I bolus what I think is a significant amount. I bolus, um, an hour's worth of her basil plus whatever I think the rise needs to correct. So it'll be sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, open the loop and bolus four units, which is, which is a lot of insulin to try to stop. a Cause at, what you're really looking at is a 135 diagonal up, which doesn't make any sense to put in for it, but it does if you understand what the algorithm is going to do next. So you're going to open the loop. It's going to go back down to your base. It, you know, basil. basil. It's not mm-hmm. going to try to stop the rise anymore. It's just going to go to, for Arden now, I think it's like 2.4 or something like that an hour. So it'll go to that. So I've put in enough insulin to stop the, stop the arrow, stop the momentum, bring it back. And then when I get momentum coming back down, I've figured out, and I can't obviously pass this on to any of you, but I can look at the Dexcom graph and go... Close no when to close yeah, the loop. Close it now, right? And so you close it now, and it's almost like it's almost like flying or landing an airplane without your without your gauges, I guess. Like you just look right. at the ground and you go, "I got to start pulling up right now. This is it." And and it works. I can't believe I I can't believe I figured something out about looping. To be perfectly honest, uh, you know, a, a workaround for it, and it's a workaround that doesn't cause a problem later. The only way you can get messed up coming out of open loop is if you're if that you close the loop and then go right into a meal again because then right then you'll put in and this just happened while we were doing this you'll put in Arden just put in 80 carbs for a, a large lunch that had a bagel involved in it and she said it didn't give me any insulin because we just came out of open loop and I was like that's all right because I wanted this to be 11 units. So still put in the carb absorption is 40 over two hours, 40 over three hours, which by the way, spreading out your carb absorptions stops. Makes a difference too, doesn't it? It stops, it stops it from shutting off basil because it thinks, oh, I have to stay on for a long time. You trick it. I am smarter than the loop, damn it. And then, so you (laughs) break it up 40 and 40. And then I just told her, bolus all 11 units. So now it has the 11 units to work with it has the absorption times in, and then it will make decisions about basil based off of those other two things. And more importantly, I win, Jenny, which is <laughs> the most important well, thing. Arden wins, well. right? Oh, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. Arden wins because she's healthy. <laughs> I just meant I defeated that damn thing. I feel like I beat a robot in a sci-fi movie. Yeah, You know, like, like it came at me with like a spinning axe and a torch, and I was like, I'm going to die. And then when it was over, I won. I was just like, I can't believe You won. Yeah. But that was well, and thing. and why? Why are you winning? You're winning because you've watched and you've learned. Absolutely, it took me a while. I mean, right? I am telling you this in October. And when did Arden go on loop? It's got to be like six months ago. A while, right? And and people at that time were like, "Oh my God, the bold with insulin guy is looping. We'll all have great directions for looping in just three days." And then you all emailed me for months, like, "Tell me what to do with looping." I was like, "I am still, I'm figuring still figuring it out." It out. Yeah. <laughs> And so when I tell people it, they're never mistakes, it's always a learning situation, that's exactly what I did. I hate to say because I think it sounds a little douchey, but when I don't know what to do with diabetes, I go back to what we talk about on the podcast. I just right. – I, I revert back to the basics and I go, okay, what's happening to me here? And then I 
apply one of those pro tip episodes until I know it's it's a little strange because I'm the one that said it the first time, but it's a, a great example of how in the middle of life, you can forget things you know. You, you know right. what I mean? Like just because it comes at you from a slightly different angle all of a sudden and it doesn't look the same as you expect it to, you panic and you go, oh, different thing, don't know what to do and it's over. But I just kept applying the tenets of the podcast until I figured out the loop thing. So I am so close to us doing that. You know, the same thing. I, I mean, I learned... I've learned a lot over now two years. Actually, today is my two-year anniversary of using Loop. This is your loop anniversary. I started on Halloween. Did you really? I that did. Ballsy, yeah. by the way. <laughs> um, it was. Well, actually, you know, to be quite honest, as most people do, you know, I actually, I started in closed loop the evening of October 30th. Mm-hmm. And by, like, the morning of the 31st, I was like poop on open loop and totally closing so I closed it and it was it was actually really great. I mean I got a chance to trick or treating with my boys and whatnot that evening. It was it was really cool to be able to watch the system and I would have usually applied like some type of temporary basil or just planned to like steal candy out of their mm-hmm. like buckets as we trick or treated along the way. And it was really fun that Halloween because I didn't feel the need to pay attention, nor did I get any alerts while we were trick or treating because Loop was doing a great job. Yeah. No, and so I don't, I, I think it was kind of a fun day to have started it. So yeah, well, yeah don't test yourself a little bit, right? Don't, don't, yeah. Don't start but again, off. learning, you know, I learned, you know, like my coffee in the morning, I typically found pre loop. I had to have a half a unit of insulin to cover. Mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't based on carbs. It was just what I had learned to utilize. Yeah. Right. Well now in loop, I had to actually go back and figure out, how much does that equate to as far as like a carb entry for loop to really cover this yep. the right way mm-hmm. to offset that like caffeine rise and everything. So there is, there's relearning to using these hybrid closed systems, whether it's the 670G or loop or open APS or whatever, there are pieces of things to learn that you weren't applying before. Or maybe you were, you just have to learn them in a new way with these yeah, systems. I think that's a, that's it. Arden right now is at lunch. She's 75. Her blood sugar is 75. Here's how the morning went. She got up in the morning with a pod that only had a couple of units left in it, so we swapped it running out the door. Swapped it as she's getting that little bit of a rise from the morning, right? So I see like a 120 is starting to creep up. She was 101 while she was getting dressed. All of a sudden, she's 120. I threw in a unit from the old pod because I didn't want to waste it. Took off the old pod, put on the new pod, um, looked at what insulin was pending for loop, bolus pending insulin. Then she started we driving to school, and I just noticed that I felt the number jump too much, and I was like, open the loop and bolus two units. So now I'm thinking about pod change insulin, right? So we open right. the loop, we bolus two units. I It comes in perfectly forget to close the loop this morning. I'm running around doing a bunch of stuff. We forget to close the loop. So then something hits her where she needs more basil. Loop's not closed. Doesn't work. She starts going back up again. 134 diagonal up at 9 a.m. Now I'm like, oh, she's got to eat in an hour and a half. Reopened the loop. Bolused more. 91 diagonal down when she wants to eat. And then you heard the rest. We closed the loop. Tried to do 80 carbs. It didn't want to 
it didn't want to give it to her. So I gave mm -hmm. it, we, we set up the, the absorption times and gave the insulin anyway. And now she's eating and she's 75. And I'm telling you two months ago, I don't even know where her blood sugar would be with loop right now. It would have been a disaster, but I needed that disaster to happen so I could wrap my brain around the whole thing, really. So I'm very, I'm doing very well with it now. Like I, I can't wait to see what her A1C ends up with being three full months of this kind of new space. All right. Um, and it kind okay. of goes along with, I, I think one of the last times we uh, did a, uh, we did uh, a chat like this, there was, we kind of both talked about like taking a hit, mm -hmm. right? And so I actually, for our, our newsletter, for our October newsletter, I actually did an article about what you can gain, like taking a step back in order to take two steps forward. You can learn from the hits that you end up taking. Well, my blood sugar didn't do great for, you know, this five mile run that I planned. Okay, well, what did you do? Yeah. What didn't work? And plan accordingly for next time. You you can learn from taking some steps back. 100%. You have to stop. Every once in a while, you just have to broaden your scope and stand back and see the whole picture. Because you're you're just doing right. the fight. You know, it's funny. Um uh, the, it's, it's a completely strange I thought, but I think in my mind, it's the same thing. Phillies hired a new manager the other day, Joe Girardi. He was a, a really uh, successful manager with the Yankees for a decade, you know, left there and has been out of baseball for a couple of years. And he said, I heard him in an interview and he goes, sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to see it. You, you know, he's like, you're in this fight and you're so focused on winning, or I guess in this situation, you're so focused on your blood sugar being where you want it to be. You don't see how it is you're losing or winning. You don't know why anything's working or not working. You're just in there right. swinging hands, you know? And so I think that's a perfect scenario. I think you got to step back and just look at the big picture sometimes. All of these things that have been on t-shirts for the last 50 years uh, have been there for a good reason. It had yeah. everything we just said about um, 670G and looping. Does it apply to basal IQ as well? So I think it probably will apply more to control IQ. Okay. Um, which, because basal IQ really is only a predictive low glucose suspend, mm -hmm. right? So the system is looking for glucose to be less than 80 within the next 30 minutes. Okay. And if the trend in glucose is happening such that that's going to be the case, then it predictively suspends the insulin delivery on a basal level. But the interesting thing about it is that it actually doesn't do only basal suspension. It also suspends an extended bolus. Okay. So if you are using basal IQ and you have a trend happening and basal IQ kicks in, and you've got an extended bolus, your extended bolus will be stopped. Okay. And so once basal IQ kicks things back on, you have to remember to go back in and either resume an extension of what was missed or just bolus for the rest of what was missed, depending on how long basal IQ was kicked off. So that's a, a kind of a nuance to that system. And control IQ will be... I would say closest in similarity to 670G. Um, neither of those systems are by any means close to looping in any sense. You know, loop, open APS, Android APS. I, the, the current approved high, sort of hybrid clothes are just not. Um, I mean, 
from the basic information about the research of the control IQ um, and the people who have used it in the trials, it seems to do a good job. Again, it's conservative, similar to the 670G in what it does, but some of the factors that it uses to adjust, um, from what I understand, it does use your set basil in the background to adjust off of rather than its own secret sauce of applying a basil Mm -hmm. does use your current sensitivity factor as well as your carb ratio um so that in in my opinion clinically and like if i was going to use it personally i i think that those are big steps beyond 670 Mm -hmm. because it's using some things that is as we've talked about if you know that your settings are good why wouldn't you want a system to work off of what you already know is working To a degree, right? I, I, it seems like these systems are, are set up. I'm sure there are people who have been living their lives in the 200s and the 300s who are on these systems and think this is amazing. Right. It's just not the next level of what can be done. Um, okay. And I'm assuming they were set up on purpose like that. That's what they were made for. And they're probably doing a really good job for the people they're working for. Correct. Yeah. Huge thanks to Impen from Companion Medical for sponsoring today's show. And of course, to Jenny Smith from Integrated Diabetes. Did you know you can hire Jenny? You can. You can go to integrateddiabetes.com and then find Jenny. I don't know what. You'll do it. You'll figure it out. And then you can email her. Also, right there in the show notes, there's Jenny's email address. That's probably easier. You click on that. You send Jenny an email. Here's what the email says. Excuse me. I'm composing. Dear Jenny. I heard you on the Juicebox podcast, comma. I love you, exclamation point. Can I please give you money to help me? Question mark. And then you sign your name and she'll get back to you. 